Are you a leader in customer success, pre-sales, professional services, support? Do you work behind the scenes and roll up your sleeves to make sure that customers are happy? Renew. Then this is for you. Welcome to the GSD Podcast. Welcome to the GSD Podcast. Getting it done. Services, success, and software. We'll talk with the pros that have been in the trenches, getting service teams off the ground, launching new types of groups to service customers, or running agencies that don't have a product attached to it. For the pros, by the pros. This is the GSD Podcast, and this is your host, Jeff Kushmerick. We are recording. Bob, you ready? Yes, I am. All right. I'm here with Bob Lennon, and both of us are, I think, in the same stages of recovering from COVID, which will make this sound very much like an AM radio. I only wish it was like last Friday, because I had a real good boom in my voice with all the uh, stuff going on. <laughs> the people will have to play it at 3x speed just to hear it at normal speed, because we're so <laughs> slow. That's so funny, because we're usually, we've talked before, and we're usually pretty fired up but today's been a very much like very mellow Isn't that snl when there were the two ladies and they just put the npr hosts that, that, <laughs> that might have been the last time snl was good yeah i i i would not know what it's like yeah but that's that's how we sound old if we start doing that stuff right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. It's all so, good. so you had a nice weekend of listening to the new taylor swift album all weekend long <laughs> any favorite track i'm tired from staying up past midnight Watched a lot of baseball, are you, you know, so I, I don't yeah, know. Once the Red Sox are out, I'm, I'm, I don't watch it. Well, but I don't know if all Bostonians celebrate this, but when the Yankees lose and get swept, that's, isn't that a national, isn't that, aren't schools out today in Boston? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty much, yeah, it's it's a national holiday. It's amazing. It's like Columbus Day here. We just, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's true. Schadenfreude is what powers Boston. It's, uh, it's you know. We, we, One of my favorite. Favorite for them to either fail or have like career-ending injuries. It's just what it is, you know. So yeah, <laughs> That's I love it. I love it. I love that attitude. You have to have it. So Bob, for the few people that don't know who you are, let's talk about your customer conversations, chief mm-hmm. listing officers. Talk about your background and sort of how you now pivoted into this interesting world of customer experience. Yes. First of all, thanks for seriously. Thanks for having me. It's I've We're just watched, trying to keep it straight here. Bob I've, and I usually can't have a conversation without cracking up. So I've listened to <laughs> your other, you know, episodes, and it's really good. It's really real, and I I do. I know a lot of people talk about authenticity. It is one of the things I teach, so I'm, I appreciate the authenticity. So I am a career career marketing guy, and started out in something ancient called advertising, mm. and you know, made my way through as a, what turned out, I didn't understand this at the time, as a square peg trying to fit into a round hole in the corporate world in marketing and stuff. And did pretty well considering it wasn't really what I was good at or great at and in terms of managing people and leading and stuff. Yeah. And hit some ceilings, got fired. And um, 
uh, not before coming becoming an, an actual, at least in name only, in name, a chief marketing officer. And for a you know a startup that had a, a life arc, which was like 11 months or something, like it, <laughs> during during the dot-com bubble, the first dot-com bubble, not the one we're in now. Was the uh, 03 <laughs> bubble? Was the 02, 03 bubble? Or? No, it was before that. Okay, okay. Yeah. It was 2000-ish. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so, but I, I, I learned a lot. I didn't learn enough about myself because when you get fired, you have a chance to rethink. And uh, I didn't, I didn't get the message that, you know, sort of what was going on. And so, but long story short, it led me to an amazing place of being an independent marketing strategy consultant, which I loved. I was working with multiple companies, founders and CEOs at a given time. DC, where I'm based, Washington, DC, has a pretty strong, vibrant technology community. So I, you know, got really plugged in there and I thought I was just having a great time as a fractional chief marketing officer. And, and by the way, I was not unsuccessful as a, as a, in the corporate world and financially it was good. Yeah. But anyway. And you still so, didn't, sounds like you weren't as feeling fulfilled though, right? I didn't. Yeah. But so, so here's what I say when you're, and I, I, I started saying this to my, I have two sons that are now in their early twenties. When you're born, no one hands you an itinerary and says, you're going to get good grades, go to a name brand school, get married, have kids, get a job at a name brand company and be in business, quote unquote. But why do, why do so many people feel like that's those choices have been made for them? And you just think about it before you do it. And maybe you're an individual. So after telling one of my sons that for a year and a half, because of the situation he was in and his journey, I realized I was talking to myself and had to be more accepting of individualism on all counts. So, so I didn't realize I was unfulfilled. I guess the point is, and I, I'll say this, when I talk to people who say, oh yeah, I was let go. I, you know, the, the fact that they, they ended up talking to me, whether they like it or not, they're going to get the question of like, well, what do you, was it a fit? Like, did you, it, right. are, you are you blaming the employer for good reason? Was there anything you could have done differently? Were you doing what you were great at? Or, you know, and people get uncomfortable sometimes, but they're usually happy that I force them to have that conversation, gently force. So, yeah, it's just because it's never, look, I mean, consulting saved me. So I, I'll just say that. Oh, same, same here. I think it's probably one of the reasons why we hit it off. I just realized that there was a point where, you know, for me, I've been part of all these, like, just walked ass backwards into being part of some really successful companies. And then I would go join a company and they weren't, on that path and I would just kind of let it be known and people were like yeah we don't we don't want to hear it so, yeah so yeah that, but surprisingly that works well as a consultant like they want your background and understanding right they want you to point things out they want you to hopefully question things yeah I 100 percent and by the way I didn't realize you said that that's why we get along I didn't realize we got along so thanks for letting me know no I was presumptuous at first but then I thought oh it's nice he likes me so, oh, oh, of course, no jerks on this podcast. I don't care how many followers you have. Though, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, as a, as a marketing strategist, just briefly, so I would talk to these founders and CEOs and I'd ask them some pretty basic questions. What, why do customers buy from you? Why do they sometimes not buy? Why do they stay? Why do they leave? And they couldn't really answer. And I would, I, just started saying this is ridiculous for us to be talking about actual marketing. Like we need to go backwards, take a step back and let me go do a listening tour of your customers. 
And that was something like 2,600 customer discovery conversations ago. So I started- That was doing, like 2,678, right? Or I saw the counter in the corner. Was it 78? I don't, I, I only updated after I- Oh my God, it just went up again. Yeah, some, some, yeah. So <laughs> I should have a counter. Now, some, somebody will come along and say, that's not a very impressive number. I've got um, 2,852. So okay, right, exactly. Uh, Right. It's like, it's like the six minute abs, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so good analogy. So, so, so I found out that this is work I really, really love to do because it really made my clients more successful. I, I was, and I, I enjoyed asking more interesting questions and, and just listening and finding stuff out that led to better marketing strategies, you know, positioning value prop, all the all messaging, all the, like how do customers really think? after doing that work for a number of years, thought I, again, thought I was really happy and up the value chain and all that. I ran into, I was introduced to a guy named Jay Nathan, who we both know. And Jay said- Dashing and handsome man. He is actually. You, someone, well, I think it might've been you posted something about that on the chat. Yeah, he is striking. He's a striking human. So he said, well, what you're doing, I know why you do it kind of behind the scenes than the whole marketing strategy, but you, we have like in customer success, we have thousands of conversations a week with customers that are not the right kind of conversation mm. and you could teach us. And I, I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, nah, <laughs> not interested, <laughs> but luckily I, I paid attention and sure enough, that is now what I do. I teach teams, sales teams and customer success and account management to have conversations with customers that are more sort of not about features and products, but above the line, you know, all the stuff that's not defined that the customer thinks is important. Right. And I just, the most satisfying work I've ever done in my career. That's Hunter, great. By a long shot. Yeah, it's great. It's such a, it's such a need, you know, one of my coworkers is this or she says that you know people renew for for two reasons and and one of them is that you're you're bringing value right i forgot mm -hmm. what the other one is no, just kidding. but you, you need to be able to bring that value and just reciting off lists of features and things like that is just it's not going to to bring that value you, know, you bring that value by hearing what they're trying to do and then trying to solve it with your software and then right. reminding them of that 100 percent. yeah i think most companies assume that their product is the value and that the and that they don't always stop and ask the customer so hey we use the word value a lot but what what does it mean to you like what does it look like for you what would the perfect situation look like for you and that led to some of these questions that i asked that you know i think a lot of people have gotten value out of yeah there you go and then you created the uh, love languages right Customer love languages. I didn't invent love languages. Oh, I, I stole wait, you're them. Not the from... guy? Wait, wait, I gotta talk to my agent here. <laughs> I know, I'm waiting for the, the lawyer to call. My lawyer. So the guy's name is amazing, actually. Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. And yeah, I it's so brilliant what he did. And it's amazing how many millions of people he touched. So I I was out in this CS100 event and I was going to give a talk called the five customer love languages. And when I would talk to people about it, just kind of chatting, like, yeah, I'm going to be talking and asking them to, to laugh at all the right places. And so many people 
not only had read the book or were familiar with it, but read the book, but they said, oh yeah, my love language is quality time. Like real, like they're just volunteering <laughs> it to me. And I, I've become, and I'm, I'm gonna say for the record, I'm not great at this at home. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. Well, the plumber's, um, plumber's sink is always the leakiest. Right? That's right. <laughs> but at work, I'm, I'm an authority now. So okay. self-proclaimed. So yeah. So the love languages thing, and I, I think the way it landed in, in the CS100 event, what led me to believe that, you know, it, we're onto something here as a group. Like I'm not an expert on customer success. What I'm an expert is in the framework of how to get your customers to open up about what's important to them, which you yeah. can put into buckets called love languages. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm not coming at this from a patent infringement <laughs> angle, but I used to use that every once in a while over the last few years. Like, yeah, hey, you know, you just got to know your customer's love language. I actually used it a little bit more facetiously because I'm like, you know, here's a term that, you know, we get some laughs and things like that, but it actually started resonating with people like, you're right, we do need to, but it's the, how we need to be able to understand how our customer likes to hear things. I claim no ownership. I, I really, I, I mean, everything I do is kind of open sourced. And so I, I'm just using it as a hook. I know, seriously, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting the, you know, I'm not trying to get the domain name and stuff like that. I, I, I respect this guy. I respect this guy, Gary Chapman too much. I know yeah. now, now here's something I'll say. When you search for customer love languages, the first thing that comes up, it might be, a, it's, I think it's a McKinsey article. And what, what these people do, it's almost like you can tell that it can't, not McKinsey, but all the blog posts, customer love languages, yeah. it comes from, we talked about this before the, before the session here, we have a content calendar, we have to fill it. What about customer love languages? And, and so they took the approach, which I don't like, which is they took 10 Gary Chapman's five love languages and defined them in customer terms. It doesn't work. One of them is physical touch. Yeah. Like, hello, come on. You mean your customers don't like that? I mean, I no, well, that's what I said in Utah was like, that's kind of a hard no. Yeah. Receiving I think gifts. A little touch on the ear, I think, works a little. I'm not going to address that. <laughs> Receiving gifts uh, was another one. Like, no. Sometimes illegal. Right? So I, I rewrote them based on what I believe in my body of you know, work and talking to tons of customers. I, you know, I rewrote them. But so I didn't, I'm not going to say it was lazy, but I just sort of like, you just can't. You could take the concept and not steal this poor guy's five love languages and just write something. You you replatformed. I I did. <laughs> I did. It's like the anyway. I'm not gonna, it's a, too long of a sidebar. It's a horrible story, but I, I'm not going to tell it right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We can do those as the uh, the bonus uh, Patreon notes. There's no Patreon. Editing room floor. Yeah. Editing Cutting room floor. floor. Do you mind just walking quickly, like boom, 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 through, through what the five of them are? Or I do not mind. Or is there a thirteen dollar ninety nine cent charge I have to pay for that? No charge. So here, here, the, here they are, in no particular order. But this is how I presented them. One, be mindful. This is in the customer's voice. Be mindful of my time. Mm. And I'll go. I can go back through any of these in more detail. Okay. So, don't have an hourly our meeting every week if there's no value exactly right. and and i'll i'll tell you that we inflict qbrs on people and by the way we cs doesn't like them either you know the old like i mean there's a this is a huge topic for a different thing i i we just spoke about this on that panel and mm -hmm. uh, it 
we, we, we shouldn't be having unnecessary meetings that provide no value. 100%. Yeah. All you have to do is ask a customer, like, why do we think they're not engaged? Because, and Jeff Brunsback has also written very eloquently and effectively, I think, about this from Gang Robertain. He, so I'll, I'll give you one of his, one of my ideas uh, or kind of best practices in one of his. Be mindful of my time means, yeah, don't just get into this sort of zombie-like quarterly rhythm because we, box, right? because, we we, because we said so. And then the content is sort of, we're here to help you, help us, help you, help us, you know, like what? <laughs> and, and so we're going to talk about all the things that you need to do or that you could have done to get value if you're not already getting value. So <clears throat> one way that, that to do it is send the slides in advance. And what I like to do in my world is a little screen capture video that's two minutes oh, and it, it's a preview. Jeff's into this was send a pre-read, a one-page pre-read, and it's like, here's everything we want to cover, everything you need to know. And it allows both parties to zoom in on quickly on what what's most important and what needs to be discussed as opposed to the pro forma stuff. What, to me, what that does, uh, well, so these are, the love languages are intertwined. I don't want to move on before. So yeah. be mindful of my time. And I, 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 the marketer in me will also point out, think about it as differentiation. Wouldn't you rather be the one vendor who says, by the way, I mean, you could say, by the way, not much going on this month, let's skip it. Or by the way, let's cut it to half an hour. Don't just do an hour because your boss oh, yeah. expects you to do an hour. And also, so you- Also on that note, like on the video is just triggered something off that, um, you know, say you're in that, that QBR or whatever, and they're like, hey, over the, what's, what are we gonna plan for, for the next three months? What are our goals here? And people are like, oh, I'd love to see some more movement in this area over here, right? And then if suddenly three weeks later, you're seeing some movement in that area, yeah, record a quick video, a quick loom or screen cap or whatever. Like, right. hey, this is what we talked about. It's going in the right direction. Look forward to seeing more in this area. Boom, done. Like, 100%, you know, 100%. And I think the idea of time shifting, you know, where they can watch that video at, 8 p.m. if they want, or 8 a.m. They don't have to schedule. Look, scheduling calls is just out of control. Yeah. Which one of the other points I made was, it's not about time necessarily, but it has to do with, is what I'm asking the customer to do valuable to them or just me? And that is audio only. Now, I know you need to, when I do customer discovery calls, I realize there is no value. It's, it's all ask, right? For me to say, okay, we're gonna have a Zoom call. I don't need to see their body language and Lord knows they don't need to see mine because I'm hunched over taking notes and concentrating. Yep. And so I actually get customers thanking me saying, I was just really excited to see this was audio only. They would thank me and I'd say, why are you thanking me? You're giving me your time. No, this is great. It also creates a more of a confessional feeling to it. It's more intimate to be, remember those of us old enough to remember being in a dorm and having a hall phone, a landline and you sort of, yeah. Bobby, the call, phone for you, I think it's a girl, like, and you sit, you end up for the next two hours sitting with your back against the wall on the floor talking and like it totally immersed. There was no video. Right. Like, and, then, and then you had to say me too, because you couldn't say I love you out loud. <laughs> and then all your roommates would be like, say it, go ahead, say it. <laughs> but that's actually hilarious, really funny. <laughs> anyway, it comes back, I mean, everyone says empathy. But that's a platitude. You know, you got to bring it to life for customers. Be mindful of my time. That's the love language. That's one of them. Yeah. No, it's great. Shall I continue or do you want me to? 
you want to talk you know about what? I'm going to link up can I link to your slide share from this I, I I'm getting to some conversation points oh my gosh yeah because I saw one when I was going through them where it was more of a conversation point but it was about being agendaless mm-hmm. right? now a counter to that is some people need the structure right mm-hmm. they just you know you think about your classic CSM with 20 to 40 accounts opening up their CSP every day just to figure out what they should be doing because they're just you know having a hard time navigating from it so I feel that there's some structure that needs to be had how do you do that in a way that's not in this like death march of right. going through that that's that you know besides just listing off the five of them I, I, I wanted to get some more conversation good at that point. so I think you raised the right point. I, this doesn't mean don't have an agenda. What it, what it meant, what it means to say is there should be, you should carve out points in the relationship where there is no agenda other than to let them talk about what's important to them. So it doesn't mean, so I have a a friend, one of my closest friends, a very senior strategic sales executive. And he says that all the time. You got it. He says, if you say agenda list one more time, you're going to lose me. You know, like it's sort of like in sales, you have to always have to have an agenda. But the, 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 the challenge with that is customer. So let's say that sales puts you through this rigid agenda and they want, they're driving you. You're talking about the, let's be clear, 60 minute meeting, 57 slides. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're marching them down the path and customers don't want to be always marched down the path. They want to talk. And they want to talk about what's important to them. And actually the, the number one, I guess the number one buying criteria or buying influence, according to the Rain Group, <clears throat> pretty good sales consultancy, is just doing a better job at discovery. Yeah. Yet they rate sales as doing very poorly on that. And then the same with listening. And so by the time, let's say they buy, then they get to customer success and they still haven't been listened to. So who's going to listen? And it just means, so agenda list, yes, there's tons of stuff that has to be structured, tons of stuff that is, I would argue, a lot of it's kind of below that imaginary line that we have to talk about this. It's important, but there, there has to be some time. And I'll just point out that the first love language, be mindful of my time, helps free up time to help let you be agenda list during parts of the conversation. Yeah. So you don't always have to be driving through an agenda. It's exhausting. No, absolutely. absolutely. You know, one, one of the things we were talking about, I don't know where it kind of falls into the, the five, is this concept of the imposter syndrome. And, mm-hmm. and people are afraid sometimes of having these open and real conversations because they would be like, oh my God, now I'm kind of exposing myself, right? Right. I think, what, well, so yes, one of the things that I hear from customer success VPs or directors is, Bob, we want to do some kind of training. Our team is intimidated by the idea of asking questions about the customer's business that had that, 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 in other words, asking questions that aren't about the product that we're pretty comfortable answering. We're asking. And I think that I understand it. I mean, I'm not dismissing that at all, but what I teach people is we customers are not experts in your product they're looking for you to teach but when it comes to what are the experts in their business so let's ask them about that and that's when they really open up and then it's okay for you just to be a student just ask questions just be curious 
And by the way, the younger you are, the earlier in your career you are as a, a CSM or account manager or in sales, the more the customer actually respects that you're curious yeah. or, or prospect. Like, oh yeah, like this person really wants to learn. And so it's a, it's a good, this idea of being the student, like we're all taught to talk, but we're not really taught to be students of our customer's business. So I'm trying to influence that a little bit. So it's a good, you asked a great question. Giving us framework for better questions and conversations, essentially. Better questions, questions that don't put your, your customer or prospect to sleep. Like what keeps you up at night? You know, it's these cliches that require no effort to ask and it just, the customers zone out. You got to wake them up a little bit with one of the questions would be, you know, if I could sneak into your board meeting, yeah. what do you think is the number one thing that they're talking about? And it's just engaging and it, it shows the customer or prospect that you're not there to just be typical. You're just not there to be typical and you're there to understand things that maybe other vendors aren't trying to understand. And again, I go back to that differentiation counts for a lot between vendors. Right, because it's some of the times, especially in the sales aspect of things, but you know, the features could all be pretty similar, right? You know, you know, oh, okay, great. Platform A has got 15 features that I need, and Platform B has got 13 of those, but two other ones that I need, right? Like, there's not that much differentiation sometimes. So, my I like the way that they ask questions, and then be able to come back with a value conversation of this is how you would use us, you'd be able to get this amount versus like, oh, we've got this feature, we've got this reporting, we've got X, we've got Y. Yeah, I think that there is a dirty little secret in the tech startup, especially community is like this, ours is the best widget and we need to position and sell it as such. And the reality is that that it's like the Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan until they get punched. And when you're in sales and you take that, what you're is all spun up to be an amazing value prop and unique differentiator you take it out into the market and you get punched because people are like yeah it sounds like this or that and you could talk all you want but once you've fallen into their that mental map that they have you know you've you've lost an opportunity to really then you have to explain and and i don't know who said this i love it once you have to explain you've lost yeah. you know if you can't grab them and that's why asking questions first about what's important to their business, it allows you to do something very important, which is positioning. How do you position your solution, either post pre-sale or post-sale, in a way that means something to them in terms of budget and prioritization? Absolutely. One of the reasons why, you know, because I put the languages up in front of me that I kind of didn't want to dive too much into, because you're right, they're all kind of intertwined, right? You've got being in sync with me, being contextual, being real, and curious about the company. I feel like we've kind of gone over a bunch of those concepts mm -hmm. one of them i love that's not what would you classify it because it's on your slide but it's not one of the long love languages i believe which is do what you say you're going to do yeah so i was going to bring that up so the way i present this is here are the five customer languages and what i say to an audience is what's there's something on here that's missing what is it it's obvious and and so so then i I build that little yellow smiley face that says, do what you say you're going to do. And the reason I do it that way is because I'm, I'm really trying to focus on the love languages that are in the above the line, the unspoken, unexpected stuff. 
the do what you say you're going to do. If I have to teach you to do that, then you got big problems. Like the, <laughs> the product, make sure the product works the way it's supposed to. Duh. Support. Are you responding quickly? Are you, you know, do you, do you have the right kind of training materials and links or whatever, you know, are you adding some value based on what you told them? That's all stuff that's in the licensing agreement. It was in the pitch. It's in, it's in, a, it's, it's some, it's written down. It's obvious and explicit. You have to do what you said you're going to do. And that, that is table stakes. Yeah. If you're not doing that, then these other five love languages aren't really going to work for you. But I'm glad you highlighted that because it's, it could make me look like an idiot if people see the five love languages above the line. And then they say, well, what about the product? Well, the product is the thing that should be working. You got to get that working before you can start adding value. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, Push no, back. no, I, I, I 100% get it. Absolutely. What's, what do you feel, because you're going around and you're talking with all these companies, like what is the, the actual biggest problem when you're dealing with CS companies? What, like what is the actual, when we're talking about these, you know, we've gone over all the, the sort of love languages and everything, but what are the behaviors that you find are, are, are not happening the most here. If you looked at all of those there. I think being curious about my company. So that's again, in the customer's voice, like I, the number of times that when I ask these more interesting disruptive questions of a customer and they thank me at the end, like, no, Bob, we can, you know, we're wrapping up 29 minutes into the converse, into a 30 minute conversation. This is after you walk on the hot coals, correct? This is, this is after I walk on the hot coals okay. and I, I start to wrap up and it's like, you know, do you have time for one more or, you know, thanks for your time. And they say, no, 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 this is important. We, we I, I can give you another 15 minutes. And then at the end, they thank me. Why? Because they say, because nobody's asking us these questions and they're important. So I think if you, all you did was to just be more curious about the customer's company, not their department, not their job, all important. Yeah. But what's going on? That's why that board question, it's just so disarming because it, it just says, wow, they're really interested in what's going on at a higher level and it's self-serving. I mean, it helps us help them. Absolutely. So I think that's the one that I think is, is look, I mean, I, I said, we talked about, I, I didn't call it, I, I say the cobbler's children have no shoes. You've talked about plumbers. Yeah having cracks or something. No, you uh, said the plumbers <laughs> stopped up sinks. Yeah. yeah, that, you know, there's so many different ways I could position and market my content, but but the, the one thing is be curious about the customer's company and it's such a wedge into the conversation that gets them to open up. It's terrific, terrific. And so that, that might be, it sounds like, if you were to do one thing, that one sneaky hack that the doctors don't want you to know about, like it'd be... <laughs> Uh, yes, because everything else on here, be mindful of my time, be in sync with me, be contextual, be real. Those are, those are things I think we could all agree are important. And it, it, they just happen to fall into buckets that I call love languages. But being curious about my company is probably the freshest. And, and, and to your question, it, it's the hardest, I think, to get teams to adopt, partly because they don't have time, partly because they're intimidated to ask questions at a more strategic level about the company. But again, take the pressure off yourself, ask the question and just be a student. You don't have to teach them something at that moment. Got it. And when you're training other companies on this, if somebody brings you in there, are you then working with their teams 
Are you giving them materials? Are you oh, yeah. for a multi-week period? Like, yes. Just curious because if people are asking, like, this sounds interesting. Like, what is the sort of, what does that look like if people are like, hey, we're not doing any of these things. We should get Bob involved. That's kind of you to ask. I, I do a deep dive. Everything starts with this deep dive. Here's what customers really believe. You're not listening enough. We collectively are not listening enough. It's important. Here's what comes out of it when you do it right. Here's some disruptive questions. Here's how to listen once they open up. You know, basically, I call it dollar sign TFU. Like it looks like. Oh, it's your business card. I've got one. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And and it's like how to just shut up and let them talk about what's important. So that that takes ninety minutes to two hours. But the 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 cool part is at the end, I say okay, and I want you to get out your phones or your calendar, and I want you to write down three meetings you have coming up in the next two weeks. And I want you identify to identify which three meetings, customer meetings, you're going to ask a couple of these questions and why, and which questions you might ask. And just take ten minutes, write it down. Then they have a plan. Yeah. And then I then I say, great news, you get to execute that plan for two weeks. And then two weeks, we're going to all get on the phone together again on the Zoom, and we're going to go around the, the table, virtual table, and you're going to tell me how it went. You can play me a clip of the record call recording. You can just talk about how it went, but you're going to talk about how it felt to ask these questions that are a little disruptive and unusual. You're going to talk about what you learned. You're going to critique what you might do differently next time, and then we're going to go around the table, and everyone else is going to have a whack at giving you constructive feedback, and then I'm going to give you constructive feedback. So we can do three to four of those per hour. So if it's a team of twenty, it might take you know five weeks, but it's that's really where the hook gets sunk. I don't know what the yeah. well, yeah, because you need that repetitive behavior. So well, just yeah, I I think people say like, aren't we going to do role playing? No, I I would take any ounce of energy that goes into role playing and say, just go out there and talk to your customers and do it in real life. And nine times out of ten, CSMs or CSRs that do this find out that it's actually more fun for them than the way they've been doing it. So that, and that's why I really want them to try it, is because it's more interesting and fun. And if you survey them and you say, "What do you want to do? What do you want to do differently about your job?" and they say, "They say, I want to just be more strategic. I want to have more of an impact." Great, here's your chance. And so it aligns well with, you know, individual goals and team goals as well. No, that's awesome. It's probably a good place to 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 leave off. We're jumping into something else because I'm cognizant of the time here. Also, you hear some massive vacuuming going on behind me, so I'm not sure. I can't hear anything. <laughs> I actually can't. Usually, if I record a better podcast, microphone, that's, that's somebody. That's somebody's cue to print something on the printer next to me, <laughs> or for uh, the landscaper who's come over next. Jack to Hammer. <laughs> Jack Hammering. But, uh, exactly. That's going on a couple of doors down. So, so I'm not getting. So, you know. Where we pre- previously were asking about what was your your big COVID thing, we're, I'll, I'll turn it into it's, 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 the the leaves and the trees are getting pretty and falling down. What's your what's your big winter thing that you've got planning that you're gonna do while you're all bunkered inside? Is it is it pickleball? Is it do like what you, what are you planning on for the winter? We we are fortunate to have a property a couple hours from here by the it's not on the ocean. But it's a few miles away from the beach, and I'm really looking forward to spending time there. 
with my wife and maybe our kids will stop by like just hanging out because it's a it's an investment property so it's rented a lot during yeah. the high season and i don't need to be there during july 4th anyway it just drives me nuts the crowds so i'm looking forward to that and probably have to paint a little <laughs> you yeah. know like you know but i i i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to bought a my first real bike and i'm looking forward to using that bicycle not motorbike yeah. And just stuff like that, you know. Yeah, and, and here it doesn't get as bad as it does in Boston. And so I'm just looking out the window. I'm, I'm looking forward to being outside and stuff. That's great. I was in Boston in the winter at MIT, walking across that bridge. Oh, yeah. Oh, true. my God. <laughs> I might have been the coldest I've ever been. There's a reason why that's like with sports teams, you used to do that for hazing and everything. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. Woo. That was brutal. Okay. Well, Bob, just uh, thanks so much for being open with your time here, especially since you're uh, through your convalescence. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you giving me something to do. Now you're you're a natural interviewer. It's not even interview. You're a conversationalist, and I I think that's a great skill, and I can see why you're successful because of it. It's just uh, it's so effortless for anyone in in this seat. To be talking to you and i really appreciate that in addition of course being smart about what you do it's, it's just really nice and it, that's can really I, good can i play that back for my kids because i'm just the guy who doesn't know how to do their geometry i'm happy to talk to your kids anytime about how i'll talk about how great you are <laughs> okay Listen, hold on one second we're gonna wrap up here we're gonna put links to all your stuff in the in the call notes i'm gonna put it on for your linkedin but what's the, the if somebody wanted to go one place oh yeah see what we're talking about what's what would you suggest Strategic Customer Convos, C-O-N-V-O-S dot com. Got it? Yeah, awesome. man. Yeah. Hold on one quick second and I'll, I'll wrap up here. That's great. Yeah, thank you.